Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, uh, it happened. It did. It happened. Eric Carlson. Oh, I thought Logan Couture had a baby. It happened. That also happened. That happened. Yes. But? Eric Carlson. That's why we're gone. here. That's why we're here. Mike Hoffman back again? Thank you, Lord. Finally. <gasps> Finally. I hope those guys who had like the Mike Hoffman like... 8-1-2018 to 8-2-2018 or whatever those dates were. That was a great banner that they brought oh, to the man. game that time. Well, bring the, it back. Bring it back. Going to be able to bring it back uh, at least for uh, a part of the season, dude. Uh, the Sharks make a deal that involves Pittsburgh and Montreal, a bajillion pieces thrown up in the air. Yep. And dude, you want to give us the deets? Mike Hoffman. Are there any more that are no, necessary? No, that's about it. Oh, no. What the- other disappointing contracts do you have, dude? <laughs> it's First of all, I want to say, we're back rather quickly, aren't we, from the last dude, podcast? Dude, that's right. Well, we respond when yeah. there is... Uh, when there is news, the best mustache in the game is the sh- on the move. The Sharks should trade their best player every week. <laughs> then we'll definitely record. <laughs> all right. So the Sharks trade Eric Carlson away uh, with Dim- Dylan Homelyuk and a third round pick. Okay? Right. They get in return a 2024 first round draft pick, which is top 10 protected, I believe. Right. Michael Granlund, Jan Ruta, and Mike Hoffman. But in this infographic that we're looking at right now, doesn't contain the most important piece of information. If you look at this trade as it stands, as from what I just said, you would be sort of in that depressed phase that we spoke about on the last show, which is the Sharks are going to give up the Norris Trophy winner for some players that aren't that good. And that's what we see here. The first round draft pick, notwithstanding, you know, the Penguins may not be great, so that could be a decent pick. But Michael Granlund, Jan Ruta, Mike Hoffman, not particularly thrilling. Yeah, we'll get into that in a bit. But the real win for the Sharks is they only retain one and a half million dollars of Eric Carlson's contract. Now, right. that's the big top line item that isn't really in the headlines of this trade, but this is the reason behind the trade. Let's make no mistake. Of course, Eric Carlson wanted to be traded. And as we talked about last time, that's a reasonable wish. The Sharks are not going to be good for a while. He wants to go to a place where he has a chance of winning. Certainly Kyle Dubas, now the GM in Pittsburgh, wants to win with Sidney Crosby. He has a generational talent, a slam dunk Hall of Famer, one of the best players, if not the best player of his generation in Sidney Crosby. He wants to get him another cup. Makes sense. Go get Eric Carlson. Makes sense. But the Sharks only retain $1.5 million. That's why this deal happened. Yeah, dude. I mean, this is clearly the priority. And you can tell that it was the absolute priority. And Mike Greer has said as much that this was the priority to retain as little as possible. And did that impact the return that they got? Yes, yes. They are essentially, you know, um, I heard one analysis saying that 
basically, don't kid yourselves, the Sharks didn't get a first for Eric Carlson. They got a first for taking Mikel Granlund, right? <laughs> Which yeah. is an interesting take, and it kind of made you go, oh, man, that's a bummer, right? Yeah, but, yeah. like, in, in the end, it doesn't matter. They still got the pick. But, um, you know, uh, dude... You know, they will have, the Sharks will have $36.4 million of cap space next year. Yeah. And not that we're saying, well, now let's go out and give out a bunch of crazy contracts. Right. I mean, at the year after that, they'll they'll have $59 million yeah. of cap space. Right. Without any major players up for renewal. Right. I mean, we're not talking about there are some massive cornerstone pieces that are due contracts. The Sharks flexibility just grew infinitely to allow them to bring in new players as the team continues to grow and to do some bits of business that may allow them to use their cap space to acquire more assets as other teams get out of cap purgatory, which I think is interesting, too. Or. More hopefully, the Sharks now have room to give to their already drafted young players. Sure. Right? The William Ecklins and the Thomas Bordelos, right? And the William Smiths, who knows? Maybe in a year or two. I, I don't know exactly when the ELCs on these players expire, but the Sharks want to have some dry powder for those guys, right? You don't want to just, okay, now we're going to go. I mean, reading Reddit is pretty funny. I, I, I read it just to sort of as a barometer of maybe where a generalized fan base might be at in terms of their thinking. And for one thing that surprised me is given the quality of that return in terms of players, the, the subreddit on the sharks was pretty positive about this trade. And I think good for them. I had the same reaction, which is, okay, this is the kind of return I expected. But if you told me a year or two ago, the sharks were going to only have to retain one and a half million dollars on this contract that goes until the end of time, I would have said you're crazy. And my career managed to pull that off. As you said, clearly the priority. I think that to your point about giving some of this money to the younger players, the Sharks appear to be still offering opportunity to maybe some of the players who are ready. You know, maybe Eklund is on this team all year next year. You know, uh, Bordalo may be around more certainly than he was last year, right? Um, but you look at the model that Doug Wilson used to operate under before the Brent Burns long-term deal that you brought up last podcast, where you look at Tomas Hurdle after he came in and played well in his first couple of years at ELC, he signed that Doug Wilson trademark bridge deal mm -hmm. that was like two years, six million. Yeah. And then that got him to his next con. So it wasn't just a giant boatload of cash you hear my uh yeah my cool guardians of the galaxy uh uh themed ringtone so <laughs> who has it, a ringtone uh, dude i do sorry knock it off okay all right so anyways um it'll be we don't know uh, how mike greer is going to operate in that stage of the game we're not at that phase yet but it does give him a lot of flexibility I don't know that our young players will have played enough right. at the NHL level to really cash in. And actually, that's not so bad, right? Right, right. So, um, 
Well, and, may, and maybe the Sharks are one of those teams that, at least at that point in their history, they're not going to be looking to spend the cap. It's it's funny to see. Uh, before my train of thought got derailed, I was going to say a lot of Reddit is is abuzz with the idea of the Sharks signing Austin Matthews. To which I go, come on, Connor McDavid. Sharks are going to make an offer to Connor McDavid when it's got. Let's take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> None of that's going to happen. But. I don't know. Maybe Mike Greer has a mandate to trim some salary here. The Sharks are not going to be good. Why spend the cap when you're bad? It makes sense to me. And to keep the powder dry in case some of these young players do eventually play themselves into a high-dollar contract or they have some available cap space for a young player from someplace else that maybe their team is capped out and needs a place to land, right? This kind of flexibility is good for a team that is going to be hopefully bottomed out and starting to come back in to a competitive position. The reality was that the Sharks were never going to get this dream package that I had in my mind of top prospects and picks for Eric Carlson. Unfortunately true. It was not going to happen. And I think they probably tried and realized, obviously he said that there were other teams in the mix here at the end. So this was the best deal. In his eyes. Right. Right. And we'll never know what the other ones were, but this was the best deal. If you look at what the Sharks' return is, a 2024 first round pick gives them two first rounders, maybe three if the Devils make it to the Cup, the conference finals. I can't remember what the condition is on that pick, but I mean, how about that? I mean, you know, that's not so bad, right? When you look at that, let's see if I can find the. Uh, 2024 is top. T- if okay, if the 2024 first is in the top ten, New Jersey has the option to instead transfer to 2025. I, th- I think the more recent pick might have been because if the Devils got to the Cup Finals, that's my. Anyway, we don't need to litigate that right now. Oh yes, you're right. If New Jersey makes the Eastern Conference Final, it becomes a first. Okay. So and then also. Yes, it becomes a first. So anyways, dude, um, you know, you guess go Devils, right? I mean, you're sort of rooting yeah. for the Devils here and you're rooting for the Penguins to do well. And the Sharks could end up with three firsts, which, you know, gives them a lot of ammunition to do whatever they want. When you look at the players they got back, right? Well, let's start with Mike Hoffman just because the irony is awesome. of the situation is awesome, right? It really is good. So Mike Hoffman and Eric Carlson entangled in, you know, a juicy hockey scandalous, right? Five years ago, between their, at that time, I think, wife and fiance, mm-hmm. right? Um, something about cyberbullying, something that I never truly quite understood. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's no love lost between these two guys, right? And, and it's funny to see them sort of pass like ships in the night twice. Right. Because Hoffman actually was acquired before Eric Carlson when the Sharks acquired him and then immediately shipped him to Florida for draft picks. So uh, Mike Hoffman is here from the interview I read with Mike Hoffman, I believe, on San Jose Hockey Now. It sounds like he wants to be here. There's no talk of him just being moved on immediately. I don't think anybody would be interested in acquiring him at his price tag at this point mm-hmm. immediately. One year left, an expiring deal, a player that did not play well 
in Montreal, but a player that has a history of scoring 25-plus goals almost every single year. Right. Except for the last two years. (laughs) So was this a situation of being on a garbage team in Montreal? Well, I mean, now you're on a garbage team in California, but not really playing the minutes and in his situations. Can he be an asset at the deadline, dude? I think maybe. Maybe. Also, maybe Greer just saw, this guy's a good player, except for the last couple of years. My kind of guy. This is the guy. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But... uh it, sure, it's possible. As we've talked about with some of these other players the Sharks have recently acquired, they're going to be given every opportunity to succeed in these high-end situations. Mike Hoffman, I'm sure, is going to get some power play time. It's not like he's going to be relegated to the third or fourth line. The Sharks need wingers. They need guys who can score in bunches. Mike Hoffman is going to give be given the opportunity to score 25 or 30 goals again. They need him to play well so that he can be traded at the deadline. And I think they will be giving him, like you said, every shot to pad those stat sheets so that he can be an asset later, right? And you can look at that for all three of these players. Michael Granlund, right? same boat. Michael Granlund. Um, I read an interesting... Listen, There's all the talk has been, he's going to get waived, he's going to get bought out, he's a garbage player, right? You know, you look at his history... He, you know, I'm trying to remember, dude, when he was traded from Minnesota to Nashville, the same thing happened when he was traded from Nashville to Pittsburgh. If you look at his start in Nashville, it wasn't very good, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he got traded there, dude. I mean, tell me, he's traded from Minnesota mid-season. He's got 49 points in 63 games. He goes to Nashville, and in 16 games, he has five points and is a minus six. Yeah. Not great, right? No, that's not, a, that's not a way to make a good first impression. Right. And then, you know, as he, you know, it looks like he has two sort of mixed bag seasons that are underperforming for him. And then in 21-22, he comes back with a 64-point season, right? And actually last year in Nashville, when he got traded two-thirds of the way through the year, he was kind of on track for 60 points again, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he went to Pittsburgh and fell off a cliff, Yeah, right? So I don't know that he's straight dumpster trash, right? Right. The thing that I find interesting about Hoffman and Granlund, and I, I don't know these guys well enough as players to say for myself, but they don't sound like what Greer is describing in what he wants as a player, which is two-way toughness, you know, three zones. I think you have two more Kevin LeBanks here. Right. Right? So that's interesting, but... Maybe it's a necessary evil due to this trade. Sure. Uh, Granlin's a playmaker um, on a team that does not have a lot of playmakers. Could we see Granlin pad his stat sheets wildly here on the Sharks because he again is going to be playing in an incredibly featured role. We hope so. This guy's not a part of the future. You're hoping you can turn him into an asset later. Yep. Jan Ruda has won two cups in Tampa Bay. This guy's not a garbage player. He's probably maybe right now the best player that we got back, right? He's not going to put up points. No, he's not. But he is a reliable 
defenseman that was part of two Stanley Cup teams in Tampa Bay. He's instantly part of the Sharks' top six. No question, right? Yep. Um, and I think probably, you know, on at face value, while the other two have more upside, right now he's probably the best piece that we got back, right? Also, two years left. If you're looking pie in the sky, dude, could the Sharks eventually have a first-round pick and maybe two-thirds and a fourth when this is all done? It's possible, sure, sure. So I think that's the hope, right, on the Sharks' end, that these three guys on what will probably be a bad team are going to play well and be able to be an asset down the road. I'm it's just a, I'm just looking at Jan Rude as uh, ice time uh, for the last couple of years. Looks like in Tampa he probably has second, maybe third pairing minutes here, especially later in the season, sort of in the 16, 17, 18 minute range. Looks like he got a little bit more ice time uh, more recently with Pittsburgh. Some games he was over 20 minutes, 21 minutes. Um, other games less. So this is a guy who's used to playing very regularly. Um, and I certainly expect him to do that with the Sharks. Sure. So the grade on this trade, I think, right now is, you know, uh, incomplete. Just because we, I don't, we're not going to know what the three pieces that the Sharks got back are not going to stay here. They're not part of the core. They're not prospects. They're veterans. The Sharks hope can rehab their value and be turned into future assets. Right. I, I feel like there's like three parts of this trade. One trade is, what did you get in terms of the assets that came back? The second part of the trade is, what did you have to retain in terms of salary? And the third third part, which is going to be unknown for a while, is how well is Eric Carlson going to be able to play in the future? Right? Because that's the other thing. The guy, before he had this Norris Trophy season, he had a rough go of it with injuries. Would not Was not able to stay healthy. Was not playing a lot of games. And Obviously, he's not getting any younger. So in terms of the players and assets we got back, it's a C- minus or a D. In terms of the amount of salary the Sharks had to retain, it's an A-, minus, right? And in terms of Carlson and where he ends up being, it's unknown. It's unknown. So whichever part of the trade you care about the most probably is going to color how you think about it. Right. If you look at this from Pittsburgh's perspective, right? They got... The reigning Norris Trophy winner coming off maybe the best statistical season of his career, right? You add him to a mix of other uh, aging but still elite players, and you're hoping that maybe you can catch lightning in a bottle one more time, right? I think this is probably a good thing for Pittsburgh next year, and then the year after that, not so good. Yeah, and we, then we don't know. Two years after that, really not so good, right? Now, in Pittsburgh's defense, they did not really give up any sort of known future asset other than the first-round pick, right? Which they're hoping will be a low first-round pick. They've reshuffled their NHL roster a little bit. But when you look at this roster, dude, like, the Pittsburgh's, they're not going to win the Cup, dude. Yeah, I, I don't really see that unless they make another move or two uh, at the deadline to get even more. 
they're going to really need... I love that Matt Nieto's on the team. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, Matt Nieto's on the team. Unle- they're going to need... Uh, Andres you know, Johnson's on the team. Sharks everywhere. Raquel. Raquel. They're going to they're gonna need Malkin and Crosby to have a real sort of second wind here. They're going to have to really believe and be healthy and produce. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to bet against those guys. Um, you know, Pittsburgh obviously won some cups, but uh, yeah, they don't only they're not on the upswing here. They're 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 on the uh, sort of state fair tour. You know, <laughs> in terms of classic rock bands, they're sure. cre- they're Creedence Clearwater Revival <laughs> at this point. Oh, oh wow! Well, that's not inspiring me to pick them in the <laughs> Vegas draft at all. I'm not going to count them out. But I certainly don't think they are. I mean, I don't know that I would even have them in my top ten. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's fair. You know, that's fair. So, um, wishing Eric Carlson the best of luck. Thanks for some great memories. Thank you also for, um, um, your great mustache. Right. And that's about it. In his scintillating conversation at the <laughs> Wine with the Sharks gathering. He was incredibly generous with his time and very kind. And I, I do um, give him a ton of credit for that. And as much as I associate his arrival with the crumbling of the Sharks' good times, yeah, it's not his fault. It really isn't. <laughs> you know, it was not his fault. And he, we were really possibly an injury away from having a cup. That's right. right? So, I mean, you know, uh, sometimes things go your way. Sometimes Sometimes they they don't. don't. So dude, I mean, that's, uh, that's it. That's it. That's it. The wackiness has passed. You got to think the sharks roster is fairly set. I mean, you want to talk about the, you know, the sharks traded a kid that they picked in the second round who really has struggled played in the ECHL last year, but they kind of gave up on him, mm-hmm. you know, um, any thoughts on that? I mean, I mean, Greer definitely moving out some prospects walking away from players that the sharks had, you know, committed high value to and Dylan Hamaluk. Um, obviously they don't, I, I, I I think that was not a player. They're like, oh God, please no, right? <laughs> right. I think you know. I think this is one of those things that you can predict with a new general manager. He's not necessarily going to have the same opinion of some of these prospects as the previous general manager did, and and uh, maybe Dylan uh, Dylan Hamaliuk was not the guy that uh, Greer put at the top of his keep board, right? And uh, may, who knows? Maybe he'll he'll have a resurgence there in Pittsburgh, but. Uh, I don't really have much of an opinion about him. As you said, if you're playing in the ECHL, you're not really going in the right direction in terms of uh, a prospect. Correct. Well, dude. Dude, thanks for coming by. I'm glad we could do this uh, midweek podcast. I know uh, everyone has their own opinions about the Eric Carlson trade. We'd love to hear and read about your opinions in our comments at dudesonhockey.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back very soon. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.